Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. I'm going to insert one more thing. You ready? Okay. Whoa, don't insert that there. What? Get that away from my butt. Let's do this. Welcome, everyone, to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're recording today in Studio A. Thank you, as always, to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. Hey, welcome back. Not back yet. Hey, welcome back. Uh, not quite back yet. Hey, w- welcome back now. How, how's my mic position? It's good. It is? Oh, yeah. That's maybe the best I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Okay, now nice welcome shot. me back. It. Welcome back. Thanks, Greg. Nice to hey, be back. good to see you, Tuff. Oh, speaking of welcome back, was that going on tonight? And, uh... No, it wasn't. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I wish it were. Let's see if John gets your mic in position. We'll ramp this up and we'll get going. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good position. <coughs> Whoa. All right. Thanks for coming back for the continuation of our discussion of television from 1992. In the first episode, uh, two weeks ago, we went kind of did an overview of that year in television, and we got to our first profile uh, where we talked about uh, the real world. Thanks, right. Thanks, thanks John. John. Thanks, buddy. Welcome. And Glad in this episode, it. we're going to do our last two profiles. Yes. And we're going to start with this one right here. Dun, dun, dun. That's the whitest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> All right. That is, I wish people could have seen that. Oh, wow. Of course, that's the very, very familiar theme song of the Oprah Winfrey show. Correct. The big O. Actually, she. if, if you've been watching news lately, looks like she might be running for president. <laughs> I doubt that very seriously. Oh. With, with her wife, Gail. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she does that. Yeah. I hope that happens. Yeah. No, of course not. That wasn't the Oprah Winfrey show, Greg. Oh. That was. I did all my research on the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, oh you actually no. thought it was the Oprah Winfrey yeah. show. I'm going to have to free wheel, freelance this one. That is wow. awkward. Yeah. Okay, well, instead, I'll just insert the I'm just going to freelance theme. this one, see what we can do while I'm free balling it. So, um, that was unnecessary. Mm. Gratuitous. All right, tell the listener what we're talking about. We are talking about Mad About You. Yes, I love Mad About You. Yeah. I'm so glad you picked this show to profile. That's right. John's so looking John's looking up the Oprah Winfrey show so on relevant. Wikipedia right now. <laughs> you know what? So I, that I had to, I had to see when it started. <laughs> the Oprah Winfrey show? Yeah. Since you brought it up. Okay. I, uh, Let's not get into a long, unnecessary tangent. <laughs> it would the been show I chose for this year <clears throat> was not the beginning of the show. It was mm-hmm. not the end of the show. Nope. It was kind of in the middle on its way up. Okay? Abs- absolutely. So um, it was Seinfeld. Yes. And that's, that's a high, high five, five folks. folks. I think what I would like to do is just start from the beginning. Right. Okay. Even though we're talking about five, you know, twenty-five years ago, the the beginning, how this all got started, is kind of the most important part, 
right? I would agree with that. Okay. Sure. So, when we talked about it earlier, we talked about Johnny Carson's show, right? Yep. And Jerry was a kind of a regular on the Carson show. And he yeah. contributes him to being able to make the Seinfeld show due to his time on the Carson show. So he, he his last time on the Carson show, he went on and, and, and thanked him so much for giving him that opportunity. Oh, making and, him relevant? Yeah. And, and, and his first time ever on the show, actually, he did a stand-up routine and you know when you kind of did a good job when Johnny would give you the okay sign and invite you over to yeah, talk right. at, the, yeah. at the desk. Because as a comic, when you came out, you were just going to do your three-minute set <coughs> or five-minute set, and then you leave the stage. Right. And every once in a while, he would invite them over. Waiting. Yeah, he, he would invite, invite them over. over to talk. Is my and, career going to be made? Right. And isn't, isn't that and interesting? How you didn't know if you were going to be on the show for that's another right. five or ten minutes until that moment. That's right. So, um, so that's kind of where it got started. NBC noticed him, and they brought him in for a meeting and and during the middle of the day like and he said that's one thing comics hate comics want to want to meet not during the middle of the day they want to meet like in the evenings ideally Thursday mornings right. not not during the day <laughs> sleep during the day yeah right and and so he said we and he met with them and they offered him the opportunity to initially it was going to be just a special okay yeah. Just a special, like uh, you know, a hour and a half special, like Seinfeld did. like like a one episode TV yeah, event. Correct. Yeah, correct. And he was um, working in New York at the time, and guy that he had worked with, who we all know as Larry David, mm -hmm. um, was did stand up with him in a comedy show, and he's the only person he knew of who had ever written anything. Really? Yes. <laughs> So he went to him wow. and he said, "Will you help me with this?" Larry went to no, no. Jerry. So Jerry went to, went to Larry. To oh, okay. Jerry went to Larry, and they talked about it. And they went, um, they went, I believe, across the street <laughs> to a um, Korean like um, oh, grocery store. And they started walking around the grocery store and just talking about all these different items in there. And then Larry, I believe, said, this is what we should do the show on. <laughs> Nothing. And, 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 and Jerry's like, what? Uh, what do yeah, you mean? Yeah, well, exactly. What goes, do you mean this? Just people just having talking and, and, and just, you know. So they started. Having soup. Right. And so they. Lots of soup. They discussed that. They took it to it NBC. And. And. NBC ended up. I don't know if you remember, but in the beginning they had a, like a pilot. They did, yeah, okay, which came out in the middle of the summer, right? Yeah, right, correct. It, called, it came out actually. They gave it the opportunity to go in the summer or in the fall, but the summer it could go right after. I think Cheers. Okay, okay. I always, so, I always wondered because then like five months goes by before it comes back, correct, or correct. something like not five months, but three. Or it was four a period months. of time, yeah. yeah. And so they they episode the they did the pilot. And the pilot was well, almost was, a year, huh? Was it was it almost a year? Okay, there yeah, you go. Okay. There you go. So yeah. the pilot wasn't real well received, but it wasn't like they they actually they talked I think to Fox about it mm -hmm. afterwards and tried to sell it to them. They didn't take it. 
there was one person, which is interesting because Fox was still in the boat where they would take almost anything, anything. right? Yeah. Right, they were throwing it against the wall. Lot, most people don't remember that that was a fledgling network that started in the in the mid to late eighties. Correct, and, and little did they know what they turned down. Right, I mean, right, right. I didn't even think so, about that. So they ended up um, one of the executives at he was kind of the late night executive. I Gosh, what's his name? I know it was in here. So while yeah, Greg looks get... that up, when I had this, I imagine this conversation between Jerry and Larry David, and you know, you you we know David's TV persona as being you know very noncommittal and lazy. I can see Seinfeld going, "Hey man, I need your help writing this," and Larry David going, "I, I don't, I, man, I don't know if I have. I got a time. lot of important things going I on got right some now. Appointments. <laughs> well, actually, you know, the, later, later Larry on, David Dodge. Later on, we'll talk about very almost you're on point completely, and we'll talk about that too. Because there uh, was a lot of that throughout Seinfeld. There's a lot well, of a, I don't know. That's exactly uh, maybe. right. Maybe. <laughs> so, so they ended up um, bringing it back. And they signed a four-episode deal. Which is a very light commitment. Very light. But, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's like... For NBC especially. Everybody was like, like... Prove it. Well, at least we got something. Yeah. You know, we got something here. I mean, for a network like that to offer you four <laughs> episodes means they don't expect it to be successful. Right. Otherwise, you, you would offer them at least half a season. Correct. A season at the time was around 26 episodes. Now we're used to like eight or ten episodes. But it was 26 episodes on network TV. And it was a fall season, a spring season of a dozen each. And if you if you got offered four, right, they're like, eh, and they, you're gonna, and you're they gonna re-ran fl- it in the summer, right? Again. Yeah, Larry David, like you mentioned, Larry David at that point goes, "How the hell am I going to do four episodes?" <laughs> like everybody was pretty excited except for Larry. I don't really want to do that. And then it continued on, and they got another one for thirteen episodes, and he said. I almost started crying when I heard we had 13. And everybody else is like joyous and happy. Like, and he's upset no, no. about this. Like because he's like, there's no way I could do 13 episodes. It's impossible. <laughs> so during that. That is so, so great. Yeah. So he, he, and apparently during this whole process too, the, in the beginning stages with Larry Dabin, um, the, the beginning stages of it, he told, uh, the ex- the producers wouldn't allow Larry on on the set because he caused so many issues. Yeah, I, <laughs> like I've he heard, was he too. was constantly fighting with everyone except for really the actors because he wanted it done his way. Could you right. imagine as a producer of the show dealing with Larry David? No. Oh no. So he, he ended up becoming the, the executive producer later on. Are pretty early on, and then he had full control, and it became a little better, a little smoother. But sure. but Larry still threatened to quit. Apparently, numerous times. <laughs> I mean, numerous times. He, he threatened to quit. Yes, uh. <laughs> Larry did. And, and every time, Jerry was the one who talked him off the ledge. Yeah. And and Larry contributes Jerry's him like, staying. We're the luckiest bastards <laughs> in the world. He's he says that Jerry would would have been a great. Uh, Negotiator, like uh, like for someone suicide person trying no. to jump off a bridge or, or hostage negotiator, you said he'd be so good at that because he would always talk me off the ledge and help me um, <laughs> through those when I was wanting to quit every single time. So well, and and I've always thought my impression of those two guys is that they balance each other out. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they you do. Know? They absolutely do. Be- because, because the way I characterize Curb Your Enthusiasm 
which is Jerry's not involved in that, right. is that it's a far more neurotic version of Seinfeld yes. because Larry's or Jerry's not there to, to right. kind of to rein right. it back That's in right. a little bit. So I mean, it was basically their real life stuff. What right. what had happened in real life? Right, and a lot of the characters are based on real people. Correct. Right. Kramer was actually a guy named Kramer, a guy named Kramer. And Kramer. who was a who was a friend of Larry David who lived in the same apartment complex with them and that became an issue later on where they they said he went to this guy and said I want a basic character after you in the show and they were originally going to call the guy um what was it it was a K it was a it was something else but Jerry liked the name Kramer so much they kept the name Kramer and they went to him and they got his approval. Later on, he threatened to sue NBC oh for gosh. all this stuff and ended up getting all, everything he wanted. Are you serious? The NBC just gave it to him. I did not. That I yeah, did not yeah. know. You can't, yeah. you can't damage the well, and, golden goose. And you can still go to New York today. And he's still ho- holding the And go on the Kramer tours. reality bus tour. Yeah, the tours, yes. <laughs> today. Yeah. So, yeah, and that was in the show, too, if you remember, where Kramer was doing these bus tours. It, that was real life. And then George, obviously, was, was his character was based on Larry David. Larry David. And they had apparently went through a bunch of different actors, but then when Jason Alexander showed up, Larry immediately said, that's, that's the guy. Our guy. <laughs> yeah. That now, is our guy. Now, Elaine originally was not supposed to be in the show at all. Correct. It was only those three originally. Because she's not in the pilot. Right. And they were actually going to make the waitress in, Correct. In, in the pilot episode a more prominent character, yes. and there wasn't going to be an Elaine. And then later on, NBC told them, okay, when we are picking you up for 13 more episodes, mm-hmm. the one thing we're going to make sure you do is have a woman character as part of this. Which was a great idea. Yes. She's fantastic. So, and right before this, she was on the cast of Saturday Night Live in the late 80s. Right. Yeah. Correct. So, And was uh, good. She didn't get her due. Right. And, and, Absolutely and, agree. But eventually she did. <laughs> good Lord Almighty. Lord, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that more than made up for it. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, Larry was actually a writer for right. like a year on Saturday Night Live. I'm surprised he Actually, made it less long. than a year. And and he ended up quitting <laughs> that show as well. So um, I see a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He likes to he likes to quit on things if it doesn't go his way. And so that was the st- it was those four. Everybody has their favorites, right? So I I always my favorite was always George. I don't know if I could pick a favorite. I, I had a favorite. I've never even thought about that. And I Kramer, think you, I loved. If you but, pulled a bunch of people, I don't think Jerry is a lot of people's favorite. No, not at all. Jerry's, he's, he's the, the straight center. man. He's the center. Yeah. Around, surrounded by these, yeah. Crazy these people. nutty characters all around him. Well, I don't know if you're going to get to it, but one of my favorite things about the show is that all the peripheral characters. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and so they brought in different people, but it focused around those four. There's no question. Yes. And I think one thing that was really cool that Jerry and Larry did is that because they came from the comic community, right. is a lot of the bit parts in the show were were comics. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, like um, what's his name with the Ovaltine? Um, oh, Kenny Banyan. Kenny Banyan, yeah. yeah. And, and then they had Judd Nelson on there. Yep. Yep. They had so many different. Famous, Terry Hatcher was on there, right? Who wasn't a comedian though? No. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love. They had a lot of themes, famous people for sure. The themes yeah. that ran through Jerry's girlfriends. Jerry's girlfriends were always gorgeous. <laughs> George's bosses. George's bosses were Elaine's fantastic. boyfriends. And well, a lot of the they, bosses they had great stuff... themes that were always so well executed. A lot of the bosses yep. stuff were real that happened like in, not like in Larry's life. Oh, really? Yeah, like he talked about the, the 
the Saturday Night Live thing where he left. He just he he walked off the set and left, and he talked to Kramer, his real life Kramer, about it and how he's kind of resenting, re- regretting that he left. And Kramer told him to just show up the next day at the office, <laughs> like George did in the show, <laughs> and pretend like nothing ever happened. And that's what he actually did. That is unbelievable. Yes. So, so, so much of this was real life, and it became probably my number one favorite, no doubt, actually, my number one favorite comedy of all time. Absolutely. I would not argue with that at all. It's definitely my favorite. Now, I, I don't know if you break out animated versus not animated i still would probably pick seinfeld yeah it's still i would too see and that's that's why i've been so quiet because i'm not i, I like seinfeld but you guys are way over yeah the greg, top and, I are, greg and i are huge huge she, seinfeld like, fans like on a level that i can't ever get to or understand i guess if you talk about tv shows that were comedies that that make me that was that that was that show yeah well, no doubt. once, once so again, the reason why we're profiling is because it's from the year 92. And so we were either heading off to college or in college. Right. And it was in that, that, that period of our life where we're soaking in pop culture. Yep. And we, we watched a ton of it. And, and it was to, so to me, different, though. It was. And I think we were at the age where we could appreciate the kind of melancholic, melancholic comedy that Seinfeld was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, you and the thing do was... That probably, as, you know, a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, you couldn't do that, but... I think I think it, it went it went nine seasons. It was 188 episodes. 180 episodes. Mm. I can still sit down and watch a, a you know, three or four or five episodes in a row. Laugh throughout all of them. I remember them. To me, it still holds up, except for some you know, except for the clothes they're wearing or you know their cell phone. Or like there's indications in the show that it's dated, right? But the material and the humor still to me stands up after yeah. 25 years. And sure. I, I there's a lot of quotable shows out there. But this has got to be at the top of the list. Right. Like I'll run into situations. Oh, for sure. I run into situations every single day where where I'll think I'll think of something that happened in Seinfeld, and I'll think of more than one quote from an episode that fits that situation. Well, am I crazy, or did you name one of your dogs Newman? No, that wasn't me. Okay, maybe that's what I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to name a. I thought I swear you did that. (laughs) No. So then, when you when you walk in the door, you can go, "Hello, Newman." Hello, Newman. But and that's the thing, man, is that is that it had so many reoccurring bits and yes. threads, like you reference, like like George's jobs and and Kramer busting through the door and Jerry's girlfriends and weird breakups, you know, reasons for breaking up with people that were weird and or one of the, one of the big big episodes that first year, which a lot of people don't even think about, but it was one that the studio hated and didn't understand. It was the Chinese restaurant. And if you remember, yeah. yes. the entire episode was them just standing around waiting for a yes. table at the Chinese, <laughs> the Chinese restaurant. restaurant. The entire episode. There was nothing yeah. but that. I mean, as soon as they left the restaurant, they finally gave up. Right. And they right. left. Right. And then immediately their name gets called. Correct. Yes. Correct. Of course. Yeah. And and the other thing that, that Larry mentioned during the creation of the show, which which made the show so great for me, is that he, no matter how much of a pain in the butt he was to the, the studio and the producers and 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 um nbc and all that no much he loved he wanted to make sure that the actors were happy always oh that's interesting. so he wanted to make sure that the four top four actors had the same amount of scenes like in the oh, show wow. 
Yeah, because yeah, it always seems so, very balanced. So if you remember what they would do, and, that, and this is what I love so much about it, and he still does it today in Curb Your Enthusiasm, is he'll have four different stories going all at the same time, and it ties back in at the at end, the end. Yep. every single sure. time. And and that's what, like, it would always end with that tie-in at the end that's some hilarious thing that happened at the end. It's easy to gloss over that show today because so many great shows have come along since then. But it, but if you go in back and you spend some time watching a few episodes or really immerse yourself into it, you will realize how clever of a show that it was. Oh, yeah. And if you remember that this is 25 years ago. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is if you realize that this was 25 years ago and ignore all the stuff that's come since since right. the mid-90s, right. you realize what a groundbreaking and influential yeah. show that it was. Yeah, because yeah. sitcoms up to that point were a very simple formula, right? You have a family interaction. Well, they still are. Well, yeah, but, but this, but this, like you said, this one kind of broke the mold. Yeah, because it's it's a little dark. Oh no, it's so du- it's very dark. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very dark. Talk, well, the word you're looking for is depraved. Depra- yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I go depraved. No, they are. But I mean, that's the focus of the finale. It, that's it's, true. It's just how what what horrible they're people true. they are. Yeah, they're they're all yeah. narcissistic. They did self absorbed. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, and then we talked about. During this season, uh, this year, the, they were, I, I believe you said it was ranked 25th in the, in yep. the ratings. Mm-hmm. They ended up, you know, later on after this season, going from 25th, the following year they went to third. Then they went to number one, <clears throat> two, two, and they finished their last year at number one in the ratings. Not surprised. So, no. So it went from twenty five to three the next year. So it took a huge in one jump. season. And and that we talked about the one episode which is maybe one of my favorites of, of all time, which was the the episode about the bet, right? Right. So, the, contest. The, the contest. Yeah, the contest. Mm-hmm. And that was that was something you didn't talk about no. on TV. No. Even in the nineties. We no. hadn't, we hadn't progressed to that point yet. And they especially Especially women, and then right. and Elaine yeah, was, was even Elaine in that. Involved. Well, I, I remember being shocked because when I realized what the what the premise of that episode right. was, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be between the three guys," yeah. and then all of a sudden, Elaine's She's involved. She's in it, and she got knocked out early because <laughs> right. of John uh, John Kennedy Jr. John F. Kennedy John Jr. Kennedy Jr. Yeah. <laughs> who I've I've I think I've talked about this in an earlier episode. Of course, he sadly died young in an airplane accident. Right. Correct. And one of my college friends. Was John F. Kennedy Jr.'s flight instructor? No, oh, hate to miss that one. Yeah, did you know that? Didn't do a very good job, did he? No. <laughs> well, if you, the reason he crashed is because Kennedy insisted to take this flight on his own, and the conditions were such that he needed to fly with instruments only, and he hadn't had a lot of experience or no experience doing that. And the instructor said, "I need to go with you," and he said, "No, I want to take the flight alone." And I'm going to take my girlfriend with me. Yeah, who's. Or wife, or whatever. I remember she was what her name time. was. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So, so he was the reason for Elaine losing the contest, right. and and the way that whole thing happened was was fantastic. The other one I think was my <laughs> one of my favorites. I think the roommate switch. One that is one, one of my, of my favorites. favorites. That's fantastic. Trying to figure out how yes. they could do the roommate switch. Yeah, I love that one. The whole premise of it was he was trying to. He was dating one girl, and then he she. She couldn't laugh. She her, her laugh was terrible. Right? No, she wouldn't laugh. She wouldn't laugh when at he all. said something okay. funny. He, she he would she would just say, "Oh, that's funny." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then then his her roommate had the best laugh mm-hmm. he'd ever heard in his that's life, right. and so he's like, 
I gotta figure out how to get with this girl. I think it was called the switch, wasn't it? He was trying to figure out how to get date the roommate. And how do you do that? That's like right. basically how you, impossible. How do you, how do you switch right? from your girlfriend to the right. girlfriend's roommate? So, yeah. Well, that, that probably that is one of my favorite episodes. But one of my favorite lines is from an episode called "The Pony Remark." Oh, I yeah. And they're all sitting on the, the table. The, the grandmother. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to explain the whole situation, but it results in this line where Jerry says, "Why would anybody leave a country pack, packed <laughs> with ponies to come to a non-pony country?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. To this day, when I meet some ladies, I man hands comes in my head. Yes. Oh my gosh, right? absolutely. Yes. And sometimes when I come across other ladies, I think of Cherry Hatcher's famous line. Oh yes, <laughs> they're they're real, they're real and they're fabulous, and they're fabulous. Yeah. yeah, and and that and I think that's a great place to close is is just the observation that this show had such tremendous cultural impact and so many lines that were written in this in the scripts still are out there in, in pop culture that people are using every single day. Right. I mean, I had a friend who was very much like Jerry and how picky he was in women. Yeah. And just these little things would bother me. No, no. <laughs> First of all, you can't say my last name on this. <laughs> now I have to now I have to bleep it out. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now it's going to sound like you cussed for my last name. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had a very good friend who was very much like, and we we talked about one. He had a he had a girl he dated that was he called her the loud talker, even though they <laughs> had it was Elaine who dated the close talker, right? Right. Played by Judge it was Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. Right. Yeah. So, um, so there were certain things so that many parallels that, of that, life. Yeah. Exactly. No right. question. So yeah. it was fantastic. A lot of situations in the show people still experience and talk about today. Do you guys want me to hit you with just real quickly some Seinfeld trivia? Yes, yeah, please. absolutely. Let's, fin- let's finish up with this. I'll just hit a couple of high ones. The show ended after nine seasons. Jerry decided to do that because he was inspired by the Beatles, who also broke up after nine, nine years together. Jerry turned down the first offer for NBC that would have made him $110 million for a 10th season. Wow. So he- $110 so he got offered $110 million for a 10th season, and Jerry said no. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. like, yeah, wow. Even by today's standards. Yes. And that, and that today's was in, standards. astronomical. Is there anyone who makes 110 an episode? 110 for million a season? a season? No, and that would have been no. 1999. No way. So that was, that was 19 years ago. Uh, Newman, wow. played, Newman, played by Wayne Knight, was the only major character known by just one name. Yeah, I, I knew that. Uh, Larry David famously instituted a policy of no hugging, no no learning, <laughs> <laughs> meaning meaning that the show must avoid sentimentality and moral lessons, and the characters no hugging and no learning, and the characters must never learn or grow from their wrongdoings. <laughs> that, that was one of the fascinating things from the show. From was, their wrongdoings, yes, that was that was the fact a, that they that, never evolved as people. Yeah, that was a policy on the show. Uh, brought brought by Larry David. Larry David was was quite volatile in meetings with NBC executives, as you said. He would often outright refuse to accept their notes and suggestions. <laughs> he was he was eventually banned from attending the meetings. He couldn't even come to the meetings for his show. Now, this is something you brought up in our movie episode, Greg. Lawrence Tierney, who played Elaine's father, re- really did so frighten did so frighten and intimidate the other cast members that it was decided he would never return. <laughs> Yeah, we them. talked about him. Yeah. We talked yeah. about Reservoir Dogs. Jerry, j- guess how many times uh, L- Jerry says hello, Newman, in the entire series? Oh, I don't know. It's a good qu- I don't know. It seems like real quick. Every time they interacted. Yeah, right. Just throw out a number. I don't know. 100. 50. 16 times. 
I would have thought sixteen. I would have thought a hundred was way closer. That's 16? what it says. Yeah, it says he says hello Newman sixteen times. What? Yeah. Not to be surprised, the real real life soup wow. Nazi was not pleased with Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually, there's a seat you can look he it up. He just filed not, for bankruptcy too. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, we're not going to play the clip. But he had you, a good run. Yeah. We're not going to play the clip, but you can go out on CNN and hear an interview with him about about how much he doesn't like being portrayed on Seinfeld. On YouTube? Mm-hmm. He doesn't like anything, does No, he, he doesn't. No. He's uh, like John in traffic. Of course. He's the suit <laughs> Nazi. I'm the traffic Nazi. Okay, just a couple more. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is the only cast member to appear in all 180 episodes. Makes uh, sense. J- J- Jason Alexander comes in a close second, missing only one episode, and that was the one titled The Pen. And Which I, one I, was that? That was the one where, where uh, Elaine ordered the pen and the real creepy guy at the, at the oh, stationery yeah, store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, it didn't say why he didn't appear in the episode, but that was, that's one note. And the last one, uh, Kramer, Kramer's famous uh, I'm out of the contest moment was his 100th entrance into Jerry's apartment. I mean, who counts that? I don't know, but it's out there. People like you two. Wow. That's <laughs> yep. just nuts. Well, we're, we're not going to do it, but you and I have discussed a couple of times doing a Seinfeld po- podcast. Yeah. Of yeah. just dedicating one to the show. Okay, well, I will wrap up uh, things today with one more profile, and that profile comes from this show right here. John, you have a look on your face that... This well, isn't altogether familiar. No, no, I, I uh, the very, very beginning. I've it never heard that first ten that, seconds yeah. of the lead-in. Yeah. yeah. So now, listeners of the Gravity Beer yes. podcast will also recognize this as the theme song to our new show that we've had a, a couple episodes, Blunder Dogs, the official indie pod blooper show. <laughs> <laughs> so I barred this because. I'm a huge fan of this man and this show. Did Paul Schaefer write this? I was just going to ask uh, that. Quite possibly. So anyways, I, I that is the theme did. song for I hope so. the original Late Night with David Letterman. That's right. That's right. And, and for the his, original one was amazing, right? Yes. I mean, yes. And we'll get into that. Oh, okay. Sorry. And so as much, as much talk as we've had about Johnny Carson, and for good reason, I think the three of us would agree Letterman is our favorite. Absolutely. He's our favorite late night guy. Yes. Um, and a lot of people agree. So here's how it all happened. So, of course, Late Night with David Letterman was an NBC late night talk show that was created and hosted by David Letterman from 1982 to June of 1993. You guys made. Two? Wow. Yeah. So here, here's how it all started. And you guys may have heard parts of the story, but he began his broadcasting career as, as an announcer and newscaster in, in college uh, at the student-run radio station. Right. Of course, he was fired for treating classical music with irreverence, <laughs> which I say that's what their... What did he do? I don't know, but I, I, I would say that's their fault for playing classical music on a college radio college, station. Yeah. Not long after that's college... That's a good point. Yeah, not long after college... What he got college a, kid wants to hear classical music i don't know there are many right i don't know well we had a college radio station that i was involved in when i was in school a little bit and they didn't play classical you never music. threw out classical. no no we did we did fake interviews with um with kenny rogers but <laughs> by, by using the the uh, album the gambler and, fake interviews with kenny rogers <laughs> yeah we'd ask kenny rogers questions and then we put the needle down on a random spot of the album and just play his response i would like to hear that nice. Do you have those decks somewhere no i couldn't find oh. them yeah yeah so we did a whole interview with him about being a gambler. 
knowing when to hold them. Uh, so <laughs> it, was, it was pretty. <laughs> that funny. was kind of the beginning of the podcast. It was. You, so if it? you want to hear early episodes yeah. of the podcast, it was not my show. I was just an occasional guest. Yeah, but that's kind of how people get started, right? Yeah, that's true. And here I am, super famous. Right. So not long after college, <laughs> he got a job as an anchor and weatherman with an Indianapolis uh, TV station. I could uh, see him as a weatherman. Oh, absolutely. I definitely see that. Now, now, this will sound familiar. He, re- he did receive some attention for his unpredictable on-air behavior, which included congratulating tropical storms for being upgraded to hurricanes. <laughs> well, he was a comedian right? Doing weather. No, he definitely was. Yeah. And predicting hailstorms the size of canned hams. <laughs> <laughs> which the canned ham which theme. Which became a theme. Yes, yeah, it did. Yeah, he would also occasionally report the weather and the day's very high and low temperatures for fictitious cities. <laughs> so, in 1975, he moved to Los Angeles to be a comedy writer. He was discovered, I bet you didn't know this, by Jimmy Walker. It was Mr. Hi- Dynamite? Yeah, from, oh, from what? Uh, from, really? From Good Times. And Walker hired him to be on his writing team, which at the time included Louis Anderson, Jack Handy, Elaine uh, Bouger, and Jay Leno. Holy Whoa. crap. So, they... So he and Jay were already we're a, battling it yeah. out then <laughs> to see who was better. Right? That's right. But but he was hired by Jimmy Walker to be on his comedy That's writing crazy. team. That's crazy. Yeah. So after that, he did all kinds of stuff. You know, he what talked, happened to Jimmy Walker? Do you know? I don't. I actually, don't. don't. Okay. I'll contact him and see if he wants yeah, to come on the show. Mind, that'd be yeah. Great. Uh, following that, he did all kinds of stuff. He was on talk shows. He did sitcom appearances. I think he might have been on Mork and Mindy. He might have done a cameo on that. He did do some more. He community. did. Yeah. I wonder if he, he ever did Carson. He was. Uh, I'll get to that. Okay. Uh, he was. Um, he was on game shows as well. He even auditioned <laughs> for the lead role in the 1980 film Airplane. To the uh, lead role. The lead role. Can you imagine David no. Letterman no. in that yes. hair? And I that don't either. Goofy smile. He was in Cabin Boy and he was terrible. So I can't imagine him <laughs> acting in a movie. Monkey. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, he also caught the attention of Johnny Carson. Yeah. And became a regular guest on the show. He was also one of the regular uh, rotating guest hosts, which I don't remember, actually. Um, I never remember him guest, guest no, hosting I do. on. I do. You do? Yeah. And Letterman actually, to this day, credits Carson as his primary influence, which, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, That's so, so does Seinfeld. Sure. I know. Both. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. A lot of people should. Should have been Dick Cavett. So should you. Cite <laughs> Johnny Carson yeah. as one of my primary influences. Yeah. When you're being interviewed later, for yeah, being the world's greatest podcaster. D- Dick Cavett is my primary influence. Right. Uh, so here's here's how it transitions into the show that we were profiling today. On June 23rd, 1980, Letterman was given uh, his own morning comedy show on NBC. It was the David Letterman Show. The show was a critical success, <laughs> winning two Emmy awards but was a ratings disappointment and was canceled in October of that year. So it only lasted from June to October. Was this a October. local show? Did it say if it's a... No, I think it was a network show. Now, that's interesting because that's that's a very similar way to the way Dick Cavett got started. He, he started out yeah. on morning and they said, you're not right for mornings. You're not a morning guy. And he went to, went to the evening. Um, but NBC kept Letterman under contract and uh, tried him at a different time slot. Uh, Late Night with David Letterman debuted February 1st, 1982. His first guest on the show was... I don't know. God, it was, was also last, his, it was the also, last it was also his last guest. Was it? It wasn't uh, actor. Oh, it's not Chris. What's his name? Who was on a ship? Chris Elliott. Elliott. No. Yeah, Elliott. Oh man, I can see him, but I just it's not there. Lost in translation. Oh, Murray. Caddyshack. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So at the time, the show ran from from Monday Monday to Thursday uh, at twelve thirty a.m. Eastern time, which is really interesting. He, he only did four days a week. Hmm. And it followed The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. 
it was it was seen as being edgy, unpredictable, and you know soon developed a cult following. It was a lot like Conan was for a period of time. Too, Absolutely, right? Fan, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no question. Yeah. yeah, it developed a cult following, particularly amongst college students. Yep. Which we were yeah, the only ones awake. <laughs> right. Right. Also had to go to work. You know, Conan was the same thing. Like I started watching Conan in '93 when yep. he started, and you know, same he thing. was great. Nobody was too, nobody yeah. was watching him. I right. was the only one, and his guests were you terrible. Were the only one. <laughs> I was one of the only ones. Right. He, he had very low ratings. So, as you remember, he was famously he, he did famously co- uh, confrontational interviews. He had certain <laughs> guests that would come on where their bit was they they were going to. Yeah. They were going to kind of have a, a contentious relationship. He did that with... Um, kind of like the show. <laughs> kind of like That's this right. show. Yeah. The relationship between you and I, Greg? No, no. I'm talking about the the guest people that come in here and talk to us. <laughs> oh, yeah. We may not do that Arthur ever again. and his sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kate. Kate Walker. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so among those, uh, he had he had these types of relationships with Shirley MacLaine uh, Charles Grodin, which I remember. I remember the Charles Grodin, thing. and that was yes, fan freaking no fantastic. I love. I always wanted to make sure I tuned in for when Charles. He's still Grodin was around, on there. isn't he? He's very old. He's like in his mid eighties, okay. but he is still still around. Uh, Good, Madonna, he's great. Madonna, of course. I don't remember the. Madonna. There was a famous one where he bumped his other two guests and kept her on for all three segments, and it, it, it's one of his most famous episodes. Huh. It's you know, fantastic. one of the ones that I remember the most, though. Hmm. Um, do you remember the guy who played George McFly? Oh, yeah, Crispin Glover. Glover. Yeah, he was listed on here. I just didn't say it. Do you remember what happened on that? No, I don't, actually. I was watching that That live. That was weird. And I was like, what just (laughs) happened? Where Crispin Glover was trying to prove that he wasn't George McFly, and he could kick people's butts, and he, like, kicked. (laughs) He kicked kicked in the air. He did a high kick to Letterman's face. And it just missed him. Yeah. I mean, like, and Letterman was scared. Wow! Yeah. It was yeah. Going back, they because they're like, "Is this a bit?" And then did, yeah, exactly. And then Every, he right, he right. contends it was never a bit. Right. He was like, "This guy was just odd." And wow. then who was the wrestler? I'll get to that. Oh, okay, sure. yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'll, I'll actually touch on that a little bit later. So, and the, uh, one other person that he had a famously contentious relationship was uh, Cher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who even called him an, an asshole on the show? Yes. Live on air. Really? I didn't see that, but that's what that's what the note said. Did she ever come back or anything? And I then he had the opposites, sure. his people that he just adored and loved. Yes. So that's what I was going to get to okay. next. He, he had lots of recurring guests. Uh, I'm only going to talk about a couple of them. One of them was okay, the, the person that appeared the most on his show. Do you know who it was? Stern. No, good guess, but yeah. this person was it, it, around this time, at least in the in Drew the Barrymore in the mid no in the mid nineties <laughs> had 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 a bit of a controversial uh, event that happened. The mid nineties con- was uh, it uh, Andy? What's Hugh you, Grant? You, you, you're, you're, you're not going to get <laughs> it. Eddie Murphy? You're not going to get it until I say it. Uh, that would be Marv Albert. Really? Oh yes, Marv was on there a oh, lot. Wow. Yes, he was on there more than anyone else. He was on there seventy three times over the eleven year period. Seventy three times. Yes, well, well, he used to come on and do sports bloopers. Right, and uh, then and then he came on to talk about his yes, uh, and, and problem, then of, and then of which course he, he would do. Yes, he had an issue, and then he came back and talked about it, and then continued to be on the show. Wait, he came back and actually talked about it. Yeah, yeah, the whole issue. Yeah, Letterman would just make it a thing, and you could Albert not talk about it because, well, one, it's Letterman, so you know would he's going to take a shot at you. Fun? Yeah, was yes. he like? Yes, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, I forgot about old Marv. T- Tom Brokaw, who at the time was the anchor of the NBC Nightly News, had been, <laughs> it was on there 40 times. Wow. And yeah. then I, I I don't remember them being on that often, but apparently Terry Garr and Robert Klein. Yeah, I most, remember Terry Garr. Most people don't remember either one of them today. I was but, never a fan of Robert Klein. I remember Terry Garr being on there. Yeah, but but so both of them uh, were on 30 times each. Yeah. Huh. He always professed his love and attraction for Terry. Garth. Yeah. He always had he some do good that flirty moments with some very attractive. Oh people. man! No Sometimes they were like, "Whoa, you yeah. guys! Yeah, you, you guys uh, need to get a room." Yeah, it's kind of sure. like you and Chris. Do we need to? Right. <laughs> huh? Quit giving him those eyes. Cut the tension with a knife. <laughs> Quit pointing at your crotch. Yeah. So not not surprisingly, just like a lot of these late night talk shows, there were lots of recurring bits. Here's a few of those: uh, stupid pet tricks and stupid human tricks. Oh. That's, those are the ones I, Great. I made sure. Yes, those were fantastic. Yep, he did viewer mail. Um, Dave Dave wears various suits. He wore an Alka Seltzer suit and a Velcro suit. He did small town news, which mm-hmm. is you know r- ran weird headlines out of small town newspapers. Monkey and dog cams, where he'd put a, a camera right. on the back of an animal for Go GoPro. Uh huh. Yeah, and he actually used his own dog when 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 they did dog cam. That was his dog. He famously threw things off of the building. Yes. yes. Oh, that was great. That was great. Yeah. And one of my favorites. <laughs> that was great. One of my favorites, which you may not remember. Destruction is always fun, right? Fantastic. Yeah. It's always good. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite bits that I don't know if you'll remember, but it was called Pea Boy, P-E-A, like the vegetable uh-huh. pea. Do you remember that? Was that played by Chris Elliott? No, it was it was played by an intern named Dave, El- Dave Elner, who, who would come out wearing green tights and, and, and green Adidas. And he'd be blowing an athletic whistle, and he'd be throwing frozen peas at the audience. What? The <laughs> I heck? don't remember that at all. I know. That's I didn't ridiculous. think you would, but it was my favorite. That was but that's, favorite? That was the genius. Yes. That was the genius, right? Because you're like, what is this? Like, random what is going on? Going yeah. on? Yeah. Like, is this a Japanese game show? No. <laughs> I mean, with Carson, you knew you were going to get some funny haha and some big celebrities, but with Letterman, you tuned in just to see what the oh, train yeah, rest was going to be. That's right. It's so <laughs> some boy. Sometimes you had a guy running around throwing frozen peas at people, or you had Larry Bud Melman, or you had you yes. know, all these. I mean, so many. I mean, all these I, weird. Chris characters. Elliott was so great on that he show was. too. But, I and, loved him. And I only show. called out a few of these. I mean, I, there's a list of 50 recurring bits that we, oh, could, yeah. we could talk about. Be. Yeah, yeah. How, however, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, Chris Elliott was so smug in oh, everything he so did. Great. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah. However, probably the most famous recurring bit on Late Night was they did every single show. Top 10. Yeah, the top yeah. 10 list. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And that, that, I didn't even think of that because it was such a staple. A, yeah, it's, it's yeah. such a huge part of the show, yeah. but it was one of the reoccurring bits. Yeah. David Letterman was a human bit machine. Like, he did so many there bits. Was pretty much nothing that was out of bounds for him. He would. Right. He was like, if it's funny, yeah, we'll try it. Absolutely. If he thought it was funny in and, his crew. And that's why, I mean, even Johnny Carson, <laughs> who w- was also groundbreaking, but you could, when watching it, he stayed within lines. Oh, right. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. But when you watch Letterman, anything like you said, anything was possible. And that's why you. I mean, that's why you tuned in. Perfect example is P Boy. P Boy. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, the first top ten list was not the first season. It appeared on September eighth, nineteen eighty five, and it was the top ten things that almost rhyme with peas. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. The top ten things that almost rhyme with. And uh, I actually have that clip. I'm not going to play it. It's not funny. It's actually not funny. It's really Can not you funny. imagine the pressure of the top ten guy having to write a bit <laughs> every oh. day? Lots of famous guests came on to read the top ten, right? Uh, tons of A-list actors yep. and other people. And, and so, so Bill Murray 
read the last item on on the last top ten list of Dave's late night career. Yeah, because I think that top ten was his favorite guest coming back. Yeah, and, and so I'm actually going to play that clip of the very last top ten list right now. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. Thank you, Paul. This is a... um, I think this is a... um, a pretty good list, considering it's our last list, and uh, uh, the category, Top Ten Things I've Always Wanted to Say to Dave. Ah. Yeah. Now listen to this. Presenting tonight's Top Ten List, Ten Frequent Late Show Guests and Good Friends of Ours. Once again, Top Ten Things, and let me just thank them in advance. I appreciate their time their talents, and their generosity. Top 10 things I've always wanted to say to Dave. Number 10, Alec Baldwin. Of all the talk shows, yours is most geographically convenient to my home. Thank you, Alec. Thank you. Number nine, Barbara Walters. Okay. Dave, did you know that you wear the same cologne as Mama Gaddafi? Yes. Yes, Barbara. I do know that. Number eight, Steve Martin. Your extensive plastic surgery was a necessity and a mistake. (laughs) Number seven, Jerry Seinfeld. Dave, I have no idea what I'll do when you go off the air. You know, I just thought of something. I'll be fine. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry. It's very nice of you. And I think Jerry may have a benefit later. (laughs) Number six, Jim Carrey. Honestly, Dave, I've always found you to be a bit of an overactor. <laughs> Number five, Chris Rock. glad your show is being given to another white guy. 
know, I had nothing to do with that. Uh, number four, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, ladies and gentlemen. For letting me take part in another hugely disappointing series finale. Yeah. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that either. Number three, Peyton Manning. Dave, you are to comedy what I am to comedy. It doesn't make any sense. Peyton! Oh, oh, oh my God! Number two, Tina Fey. Thanks for finally proving men can be funny. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, things I've always wanted to say to Dave. Number one, Bill Murray, ladies and gentlemen. Dave, I'll never have the money I owe you. Oh no! <laughs> you're you're the worst actor ever. <laughs> the worst. I'm afraid he's gonna pull something. <laughs> he's you're straining a vein in your neck. That was awesome. I love it. No, but wasn't that great seeing all the longtime guests yes, and all the was. nice things they said and everybody? Yes. I mean, no everybody, everybody. You could tell that people were emotional. They're no really doubt. glad to be there. True. They read it really great. Didn't he have a sex with a staffer on his? Okay. <laughs> wow. That was a non sequitur. Mm. Is that hashtag me too? Yes. Yes. Oh. That all was right, before so, hashtag me too. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, that's the other thing that, that Dave was great at. He was crazy. He was unpredictable. But he addressed serious things really, really well. Whether it was something that he did, whether it was coming back on after he did his bypass surgery, right. whether it was a, a major serious world event like 9-11, he could do that. He came yeah. on and talked about his, uh, uh, his wandering eye and Oh, he, he apologized. Yeah, he, yeah, he apologized. was very forthcoming and, and, and handled it perfectly and, and was able to rebound uh, culturally and within public opinion and just because Becoming of the way that father. he handled things. Yeah. He probably um, wouldn't today, is my guess. Just because of the fact that there's so many trolls that jump on people. Yeah. Well, social media makes that, those kinds of things so difficult. Yes. Okay. So because people suck. A couple yep. more things. I just want to remind you guys of some memorable moments from the show. Okay. So Bill Murray, as we said, was uh, Letterman's first guest in 19, 1982. July 28th, 1982, wrestler Jerry Lawler assaults Andy Kaufman, who is yes. who, who is <laughs> already was wearing it. a neck brace and, and knocks him out of his chair. <laughs> I specifically remember this one because I watched it on on, a, on the. Lawler. There's a cable channel called Trio where you can go back and watch old episodes. In October sixth of eighty three, American rock group REM made its debut American network television appearance on Late Night. The band performed 
two songs, which actually doesn't happen today. Normally, they just play one quick song. They played two songs. They performed a hit called Radio Free Europe, which, of course, we know. The second one was, at the time, was an unnamed song, which later was So Central Rain. Mm. Yeah. You know what's well, really another, oh, but it was so early that they didn't even have a name for the song. But that's they, another they pl- major thing about Letterman was the music, and he really yeah. embraced it and yeah. loved it. And the because you know Carson was that's weird. That uh, he barely had to, Carson didn't do music, did he? He did. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah. Letterman made it a thing. Yeah. I mean, well, I think he was into music. Obscure artists. And, and he had his favorites that came back all the he time. He had great artists and he had obscure artists. He I absolutely did. It was uh, very important. A couple more things. May 23rd, 1991, Johnny Carson made a surprise walk-on appearance on the show. Mm. Only hours after taking the stage on M- um, at the NBC Affiliates meeting in New York where he announced his decision to leave The Tonight Show. Uh, last one on June 25th, 1993, Letterman's last late night Last late night at NBC before moving to CBS was was that day, which began with a cold open from, <clears throat> excuse me, the show Cheers, who was still airing at the time, but was ending that year, and it featured a guest appearance by Tom Hanks and surprise musical appearance by Bruce Springsteen performing Glory Days. Wow. Yeah. We'll wrap up with this. <clears throat> Not surprisingly. so bitter at MCC. Yeah, so bitter. That, that's a whole show on its yes. own, uh, the, the, how, how that all transitioned. More bitter than you are at people... Driving and driving <laughs> on the your lanes, right? So we'll wrap up with this. Not surprisingly, the show won a ton of a ton of awards in the eleven seasons. It won five primetime Emmys and a Peabody Award. Critics loved it. They always just loved Dave in general. He was always embraced by the critics. Of course, Dave moved to CBS in nineteen ninety three. Dave's new show on CBS was called uh, The Late Show with David Letterman. It also moved up another hour and competed directly with Jay Leno. Right. The late show After he was supposed to get Leno's show. Right. So Carson wanted him to inherit The Tonight Show, right. and the network didn't agree. Uh, and that was a huge controversy. The, the Late Show with David Letterman, although the, um, his show on NBC was 11 years, he was 22 years on CBS. <coughs> wow. Uh, and, and concluded on May 20th, 2015 with Dave's retirement. Stephen Colbert took over the hosting duties and it's still on today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, uh, it's actually doing really well now. It started out really slow, but I've never seen it. I don't watch it. So, he's always been my favorite. To me, he's the king of late night. Maybe Carson is actually the king, but to me, to me, it's Dave Letterman. Yeah, it, Carson is called the king of late night. Letterman is the the crown prince. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Cause, I don't know. But, cause but to, to, our, to our age, he's the yeah. king. He is the king. He's he the is king. the man. Yeah, but sure. it's still Carson. <laughs> I mean, we all respect even though, Carson. Yep. Even though but, I didn't watch a lot of Carson, it's still Carson. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But uh, Dave's the guy. Right. Well, uh, there you have it. We've completed... Uh, so that's that's the year in 1992 in television. And it's also the conclusion of our series on the pop culture from 1992. Are you guys satisfied with how we covered 1992? Not really. I think we need to look <laughs> at fashion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Jabot jeans. No, we're not going to do that. I'm with him. Don't and well, not Chris, just your bows I, though. Don't forget about like guests. Guests. Well, yeah. I don't know. Guests kind of fell off by them. And zodiac shoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, zodiacs. Heck yeah. So our goal was to give the listener a, just a, a good sense of what the year 1992 was in pop culture, and I, I think we did that. Yeah. We could maybe talk some. Maybe we can make this podcast real and bring in some true crime and bring in some true crime from that year. Definitely. Well, we talked about doing events, major world events at that time. Yeah, but we're done. But we're not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> True crime. So anyways, uh, guys, thanks for being here. This hey, thanks, fun. guys. Adieu. Right. It was fun. Talk to you later. You can listen to the Gravity Beard podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. 
Follow us on Twitter at TheGravityBeard. Email us at contactthebeard at gmail.com or interact with us and other indie pods in the Underdog Podcast community on Facebook. We definitely want to hear from you. If you got at least a dollar's worth of entertainment from today's episode, please consider supporting us via Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash gravitybeard for more details. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. Go to podfixnetwork.com to see a complete list of network shows. You may also consider subscribing to Podfix Presents. It's a podcast by all the Podfix hosts where you can hear exclusive original content that you'll not hear on their individual shows. Our theme song is Sophomore Makeout by Silent Partner. This song is also by Silent Partner. It's called The Only Girl. Both songs can be found on the YouTube audio library. We have another busy week coming up on the show. This Thursday is our second episode of Spotlight. On Monday is our next installment of This Week Today. And then next Thursday, March 29th, don't miss the season finale of Blunder Dogs, the official indie pod blooper show. Until next time, this is the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. This is the Gravity Beard Crab Pass. That's, that's a high five, folks. And- You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved. I'm going to insert one more thing. You ready? Okay. Oh, don't insert that there. <laughs> what? Get that away from my butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to insert this. Okay, so so that completes our overview, kind of our picture over, overview of TV in 1992. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Do that again. What were you doing again? The fist. Huh. That's... I don't even know how to put that in context what we're talking about. <laughs> there is no context. That was for my that. butt. And you just <laughs> this is a noose. Huh. All right. Well, because you were inserting stuff at the time. Right, 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 right. right. Well, I'm, I'm done inserting things. Oh, okay. Good.